You're very welcome to Thursday afternoon's late lunch on LMFM Radio where you're watching the darts. Wasn't it just a super duper final? It really, really was. I think I said it here yesterday that I fancied Humphreys, uh, the world number one, to win it. And he did in the end. But the young lad, Luke Littler, he'll win it one day, won't he? He might even win it next year. That's why, in a way, I was glad that Humphreys won it last night. But what a final it was. And I'm, I I know this now. The young lad has brought so many new viewers to darts. Uh, 16 years of age, he'll be 17 shortly. And he went that close to winning it. But anyway, congratulations to uh, Luke Humphreys, who is the new champion of the world, and deservedly so. But it was a wonderful, wonderful final. It had absolutely everything. Thanks for joining me again this afternoon on Late Lunch. If you want to say anything to us, get in touch with us. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text gets us to the show. Tomorrow is our birthday. I know uh, John's been in touch to wish, wish us a happy birthday in advance. Late Lunch is on the air 15 years tomorrow. And uh, we will be reminiscing going back those 15 years on the show. Part of what we'll be doing tomorrow afternoon. Let's begin uh, with my first guest today. And when I tell you he's from Kells in County Meath, O'Growney Terrace, to be precise. He moved to the UK in 1997 to work. But unfortunately, he had a workplace accident in 2001 that really changed the path of his life. I'm delighted to say hello again to Brendan Lynch. Afternoon, Brendan. Afternoon, Jerry. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Nice to talk to you again on the show. Look, you might just remind our listeners, you went to the UK. Where were you working when you moved over there first, Brendan? I was working, I, I moved over originally and I moved it over to Wales and then I moved up to London and Old Street. And it, no, it's pretty much central London. And what were you at there? You were on a construction site. Where you are going back to the day that this uh, uh, tragedy befell you? I long before health and safety kicked in, Jerry. Let me tell you. Right. It was um, yeah, it was two thousand and one, Jerry. I was working. I was, I was a ganger man in London, and 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 I was up on the. I believe somebody told me I was I was thirty odd meters, and somebody else told me I was twenty odd meters, and and I fell and and, and I hit an RSJ on the way down and that kind of left me paralysed from there then I think and you know, you're paralysed from the chest down ever since I made chest just below just below my the top of my ribcage yeah um do, 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 you, do you remember do you remember have you have you much recollection of the incident itself or when it happened was that it till you woke up Oh, I remember the incident instantly. I remember the, like the falling, hitting the RSJ, and then hitting the floor. Yeah. But but when the ambulance arrived, I think I went into shock then, and it was I was in and out of consciousness then for a lot of time then. Mm. It was touch and go, wasn't it? That that you'd actually make it. It was. It was. I believe I was dead twice. Really. I don't know whether that's true or not either. Yeah. And then I, the, the, the family was called over from Ireland. They were going to switch off the machine there, within, and, and they just held on in the end. So, kind of lucky to be where I am, I guess. Yeah. God, thank God you are here and talking to us. I'm going to hear more about your story in a moment. When you when you refer there to health and safety, it, it, it was non-existent. Is that what you're saying to me? It was so loose back then. Oh, I was terrible, Jerry. Terrible. 
I remember my brother Morris coming down from Manchester, and he's a side four man as well. And he looked at the manager at the side, and he wasn't too happy at all, Jerry. There was no handrails, there was no signs, there was nothing. Mm. You'd hope that today, today yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, you'd hope that today it's come a long way since back then. You wouldn't get away with it, right? And proper order that you wouldn't get away with it because it's just not right. Uh, people's lives, uh, you know, being put at risk at all in any workplace situation. Anyway, you, you did survive. It was touch and go. You did go and come back, as you mentioned there a couple of times. The road back, the rehabilitation, it took a while. It took a bit, Jerry. Yeah, it was it was tough. It was tough. I was in I was in Stoke Mandel for a, Stoke Mandel Hospital. Did you ever hear of that place? I certainly did, for the wrong reasons, because of a fella that I don't oh, even really? want. I don't even want to mention his name on the airwaves. Today. You and I and everybody listening know who we're talking about. There was a a documentary on him on the television recently. He was a great supporter of it, but by God, did we find out then what he was all about? It's a wonderful place. Oh, it's a fantastic place, Jerry. Yep. Oh, give a give, give man a give, give, give man or woman a great lease of life. Yeah. Something to look forward to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's, it's a gold ticket. It's a thing to say. It's a gold ticket. Yes. So they got you back on the road. They got you going again. When you have to adjust, you know, you're you're an able-bodied man. You're in the peak of your health. You're working away, and then you have to go through this rehabilitation and it takes time and you you know you you can't walk you know you can't do for yourself anymore M- mentally how how do you co- how did you cope with that was that difficult no, it was jerry it was yeah it, it, i've always been a strong i've always been strong will jerry yeah i've always i've always kind of, if i put my head to something i'll go ahead and do it mm and when I was laying in soap mandible, I was laying in the bed and they'd bring the patients outside so they could get an old bit of fresh air or whatever, you know. And I'd be laying and I'd be looking up at the clothes, Jerry, and I'd be thinking to myself, I want to fly a plane one day. But well, sure, I was dreaming, Jerry, you know, and I was never going to fly a plane. Yes. But sure, I decided I have to do something. Mm. And I decided I'd do a marathon one day, and that's what it was, really. I think it was the thought of, I can't lie in bed. I want to go fishing again. I want to do something. Oh. Yeah. And, and and if you didn't have that to aim at, my God, I, I, I should to think what might have happened. So you have these dreams and things you want to do. And that marathon happens. You competed in the London Marathon. Sorry, I beg your pardon. In the Dublin Marathon in 2018. That was your first marathon in the wheelchair. It was in 2018. There was a mistake there in the Mead Chronicle by mistake. Some, we got a wire cross or something. It was 2012 when I done Dublin, Jerry. All right, I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. Yeah, I'm just reading That's notes I have here too as well. So 2012 you did Dublin. And how many... You did Manchester, I know, as well, didn't you? When was that? I did. I did the following year, 2013, I done that with my brother Morris there that I mentioned earlier on. Okay. So you have he, he, he cheated. He cheated that bugger. He said he cheated <laughs> on that man. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you've you've t- did you do any more than that? Two under your belt. Is that it? Two under the belt now, Jerry. Yeah. I'm and going go, I'm going to go and try London. Try London later on this year. Yes, I, I see that you're registered to do the London Marathon in April of this year. Um, there must be huge upper body strength to. Complete a marathon in the chair. 
It's determination, Jerry. Is it? That's all. If you put your head, this is, put your head down and just keep going. And, or did you see the finish line? I never done a day of training for that Dublin Mallet. You just went. I, I, I just turned up and, and go for the best. <laughs> <laughs> Some man for one man, I have to say. Um, but but what about London? Will you prepare for this one this year? You know the one you're going to do in April. I have, I have. I've been out there now just before the Christmas, and when the weather was good, I'd be down with the son and the stepson there, and he's a great encouragement with the stepson. Yeah, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a great lad. Yes. So he keeps yachting. We go, we go cycling. We go cycling, Jerry. We, we probably cycle about a hundred miles a week between the two. You know, so I have to get back into it now. The weather's starting to change now, so yeah, get back into it soon. Good on you. Um, you, you have a particular aim for for doing this marathon as well. There's a charity called Whiz Kids, uh, and you want to raise funds uh, for Whiz Kids. Why? Ah, uh, Jerry, when when I was in Southland, there's a children children's ward there, Jerry, and you see the young children. And they don't know any different, bless them. They don't know what it's like. And the, 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 the encouragement that they showed you, the, the, the belief they have in themselves. And I found out that with kids do a lot for, for these young children and every little bit of help in a healthy young child, wouldn't it? Let, let's be honest, like, you know. Mm. Any, any support you can give a kid is good support, isn't it? Absolutely. Being a user, like let, let's talk about being a wheelchair user of whatever age you are. It, it, you, you mentioned, you know, about the, the no health and safety on building sites back in 2001 or the, the rules so lax that the implementation of them were ever. When you talk about 2024 and uh, being a wheelchair user, what's life like? Is it still difficult? Are there many challenges? I there is. There's a good few. I live out in the country, Jerry. I'm five miles from my nearest town or village, you know. For me to get a bus, I'd have to be out on the on the main air road and push down the main air road just to get out of the bus. Mm. I don't drive like, you know, my lady drives. Yes. So if I was to go, if I, if I had to go to the shop, like, it's, it's a bit of a struggle now. But the towns themselves, they're not too bad, now. they're not too bad. Things have changed, you know. There's the disability law that came in there now and there. They have to make buildings wheelchair accessible and shops, shops wheelchair accessible and all the lights you know, you see. And that's happened. You're saying that you see a significant change there, that that is happening where you live there in the UK. Where are you? You're in Norwich, are you? I'm, I'm just outside the city of Norwich, yeah. East Anglia, lovely part Fabulous of the world. Place. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're you're saying in the UK, you see big big changes there. That when you if you're in it in it in a city like Norwich or that as well, the access uh, pavements, buildings, and that is good. Ah, yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty good now. They're pretty getting. They're getting there for an old country town. They're yeah. getting there. Mm. Um. So, you're going to do this marathon on the 21st of April and you want to raise a few pounds for WizKids because of what they do, especially for young people. How can people m- make a donation to you? You know, I know you've lots of friends back in Kells and in County Meath and beyond here in Ireland as well. And I'm sure there's some of them listening to you today talking to me and uh, they'd love to give you a few euro to put the, the, the pound sterling over there for the WizKids. How do they support you? 
So listen, Jerry, between the six million listeners that you have, <laughs> we, may, we may get them all the same one. <laughs> you will. Ah, oh, you will. They're great people. I know they're great people. How do yeah. they, how, yeah. how do, yeah. where, where is it? Where Where do they go to give you a, a donation? You can find me on Facebook, Jerry, Brandon Lynch. Okay. Big, ugly looking mug I have. <laughs> you, wouldn't even want to, you wouldn't even want to take a photograph of it, honestly. <laughs> you can find me on Facebook and there's a link there that shows my, my face and picture of Bob Marley on my Christmas. You know what I mean? Yes. So, if you find, if you find me on there, there's, there's a link on there that you can click on there and donate. Any, anything is very welcome there. Any, anything at all, to be quite honest. Easy you to know, find there's, this, there's man. Many people out there, there's many people out there struggling today, Jerry, with the cost of living and everything else that's going on. And mm. I know there's hard times out there, but for every little penny or every little cent that we can get will help and go a long, long way, I can tell you. It certainly does. And and people are still able to dip and, and dig deep at times, even when uh, we find ourselves under a bit of pressure. Brendan Lynch on Facebook for all his friends, or if you're not even his friend, look up the man, you'll find him there. And, and the link is there if you'd like to support him. When you think back to what happened to you, do you get angry? Does it annoy you by times that you were dealt this hand of fate? I don't think it does, Jerry. It took me a while at first. First, maybe two years. I was a bit angry. I was. I didn't. I didn't get to grips with it, you know. And then I, thought, I was laying in bed one day and I thought to myself, you know, Brendan, it's kind of ironic, but you were always on four over years. I used to love skateboarding, Jerry. Mm. When I was a young lad. There was always four wheels under me. You know what I mean? So as an adult, having four wheels under me now. I'd, I'd jump on the skateboard. I'd jump on the skateboard too if I got a chance. Mm. <laughs> you, you've, got, you've got to enjoy life. Though. It's not too long. You know, we're only here for a fleeting moment. Absolutely, absolutely. And that 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 statement you said that those words you say often elude so many of us that we don't understand that until something in our lives we get this wake up call and then you realise how short this little trip is and. You know what goes on in the world. You just despair with what you see happening all over the place at the moment. You mentioned fishing. You were into fishing. Well, you didn't enjoy the fishing like myself. I do. I do. I like a bit of car fishing, Jerry. Yeah. Do you? I go down there to the local lake. You now I sit there. I, I and the wall just melts away when you got a fishing rod. It's fantastic. It just disappears. It does. It is the most therapeutic thing I've ever done in my life. I'd highly recommend it. And I'll tell you one thing. If you knock into a carp, hook up with a carp, you'll know all about it, Brendan. Oh, you do. You know, there's a good old fight in the morning. Oh. You know, there's a good fight. Oh, the terrific fish. They really are a terrific uh, sporting fish. So you mentioned there, who, who, who have you? You have your steps on there and your good woman? Yeah, I lay in She's a dog girl now. She looks after me. Yeah. We got we got my stepson's and grandchild is with us today. Great. Little nightmare running around. Nice with her. <laughs> sure, it keeps you going, doesn't it, Brendan? Oh, it does. I tell you, it's a new love, Jerry. It's a whole new kind of love. Now. It is. 
it is for sure. There is nothing like the love for a grandchild, and I've experienced that on a number of occasions. I've been lucky to myself as well, and you're, it is so true. And you don't realise it until it actually it actually happens. Listen, it's great to catch up with you today. I wish you well for the marathon in April. And again, Brendan Lynch on Facebook. If you check him out, he's there. And uh, your friends I know back home here in Kells and in County Mead wish you all the very best, Brendan. Thank you very much, Jerry. Have a great party tomorrow, buddy. Thank you very much indeed, Brendan. I appreciate it. Thanks for those kind uh, words. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's uh, Brendan Lynch there speaking to me from the UK. Shocking accident he had back in 2001 and has been wheelchair-bound ever since. But getting on with life, as you hear there, and uh, a really positive outlook. He's a top man. He really, really is. And if he can help at all, I know you're so generous. You're so kind. You really are. Uh, he would appreciate it immensely. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Thursday afternoon. Coming up on the show, we're going to talk to a man who's aiming to give away, listen to this, a quarter of a million trees. So if you're looking for a tree to plant, don't miss that coming up on Late Lunch. Laura Madder is with us in a wee while as well. It's uh, the first of a four-part series with Laura. And today she's talking about movement. And she believes, Laura believes, that movement is medicine. Uh, and it's all about better living, healthier living with Laura each Thursday in January here on Late Lunch. And uh, you may have heard already, uh, there is big talk of a League of Ireland club for County Mead. We're also covering that off on the show today. If you want to get in touch with us on late lunch this afternoon, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Talks to me directly in studio. Brian Farley is with me on late lunch today. Brian, I don't know whether over the holiday season you spotted this, but there's a mouse called Mr. Jingles, OK? OK. And he's owned by a fella called Martin Critchlow in the UK. I think he lives in the Lincolnshire area. Anyway... This mouse made headlines over the holidays because he shares his dinner with Martin. He does the weekly shop with him. <laughs> they go walking together. He grooms him. He was actually, I was looking at Martin actually grooming the hair on the, on the mouse and giving him a makeover. Honestly, and, and, and you have to look this up, Brian. Mr. Jingles. If you go, and folks, if you're listening today, Google Mr. Jingles the mouse and have a look at what I'm talking about. Mr. Jingles. Mr. Jingles the mouse. Brian, it's incredible. And you know what it reminded me of? I had a pet white mouse. I've talked about it here on the show before many moons ago that I actually got in the UK in Coventry when I was over visiting as a little fella and brought him home, put him down my shirt, came back on the boat with my mother and that. Uh, had a cage from and everything. Had him for a long, long time until a bloody cat nipped him and I had him out the back one day. And then I, I, I got some brown and black mice and they escaped into the house at home. Now, you can imagine brown well, and black I, mice. I had a mouse once. Had you? House. Yeah, I had a mouse. No, yeah. had you a pet mouse? No, I didn't. I had a mouse running around the house. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. I, spent, I, spent, I spent days trying to catch. I know, Brian, and I've nailed quite a few since. But I was into pet mice at one stage. And you know what I was thinking, Brian, with Mr. Jingles? Would you say there's many people keep mice as pets today? Do you know of anyone who has a pet mouse? No. I, and I don't either. And, and I, I wonder, and I'm, I want to say to listeners today, is there anyone listening to us out there today keeps a pet mouse? I know that times there's a few rats in our house, but you know, that, you know. Well, yeah. You now know. That's, that's another, <laughs> and that's, Brian, that's another thing. You know, rats are, are pets now as well. Oh, you yes, can buy a rat in a, in, in a pet shop, yeah, yeah. And, and keep them. Is there anybody out there, question for you on late lunch today, anybody listening to us keeps 
mice especially, or maybe rats as pets. I'd love to hear from you. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Or if you know who somebody, of somebody who does, I'd be curious. Mice, yeah. It's not a thing today. You're right. I don't know of anyone. You don't know either. And I haven't heard about people we, we, keeping you pet don't mice. Want, you, you could actually get, for the late lunch, a pet mice. <laughs> You know, and like you could actually get two. You could actually get a, a Jerry and Louise pet mouse. <laughs> Do you want to clear the station? Do you want every every woman and some men in here just to give it a wide berth altogether? In, in fairness, in this place, we more men running out of this place. Than Probably than the women. You're right, Brian. You're absolutely right. Anyone keeping pet mice out there? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. You're at late lunch, taking us to top of the hour too. It's boy zone. And one of their classic numbers. Yes, it's no no matter what on late lunch today. I'll be curious to see if there's a mouse keeper out there will give us a shout today. Come on, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. And maybe nobody keeps pet mice anymore. No matter what they tell us. Now, let's move along on late lunch and head to Oldcastle now in County Mead. We're standing by is a man who wants to give away a quarter of a million trees. Paddy Mangan, thank you so much for joining me on the show. How are you, Jerry? How's things? Good. Thanks uh, for taking the call today. This is a, a, a noble wish of yours. A quarter of a million trees you want to give away, free gratis by 2030. And I'll tell you, you've uh, started with a gallop. 9,000 trees you shifted in the week before Christmas. Yeah, I suppose, look at, um, uh, as everybody knows, Ash dieback is a big big problem in the country. And um, we're in Oldcastle here and we have a bit of, a land and uh, I suppose 90% of the trees that's in the hedges is ash and they're all going to be gone in the next few years like you know so I started planting a few trees there you know over the last few years and uh, probably have around close to 3,000 planted around every hedge and taken out corners of fields and things like that that could be easily fenced and um, and kind of get running tight on on place apart from putting them into the middle of the fields but um, so I just put it up a post on on Native Irish Trees uh, group page page on Facebook there a, a couple of weeks ago, and um, that I was going to donate fifteen hundred trees, and sure, within I suppose an hour or so, they had people requesting them all. So by the end of the week, it ended up at um, close to nine thousand trees that we gave away, and uh, so it started on a Sunday Sunday evening, sitting on the couch, and on, by the Friday evening. Oh, close to 9,000 trees distributed around the country. Wonderful. So, Wonderful. Um, and, and you mentioned like the ash dieback is, is a big thing of course, but you're also quite uh, focused on climate change and you've you've two young daughters yourself there and you, you've an eye on the future. You believe that trees can be one part of our salvation. Well, look what I'm very, very far from a tree hugger or anything like that. Yes, um, I know that. You know, yeah. and, um, but it's, uh, look at any just can plant a tree and uh, you know it uh, like I've, I've two daughters one of them is six and she's been out with me every every winter since she was three and she's her own little spade there and uh, you know she can pop a tree into the ground no bother so you know anybody can do it and um, uh, it's a sad thing if you look out the window of your house and you can't see a tree you know and, yeah um, uh, so it, it doesn't take a big bit of ground to do it or, or, or bring a bit of light to people's lives and it's great to be able to stand back and say in 20 years time look out at a tree and say 
I put that there or whatever, you know. So yeah, you know, and it does. The 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 the, the, big, the, the bigger picture is the, the climate, and uh, you know, it is getting wetter. It's getting it's so mild today, even you know, and then um, we could say it's grand mild day, but it's not good in the in the long run, you know. No. And then um, uh, uh, everybody would say, now should the government should be doing this and the government should be doing that, but. Uh, the people in the country are well fit to do things and, uh, you know, we can't blame the government for everything. We're the people that elected them in, so, um, you know, everybody has to stand up and do a little bit. Well said. And and, and that's a, a fantastic... Uh attitude and, and view to have. So so here's the thing that I, I, I need to find out. You've planted your own uh, area there, well planted it and continue to plant it with trees there. Where do the trees come from, those 9,000 trees and these quarter of a million trees you, you're going to get in the future? And are they are they all bare-rooted, little slips of things or what? Yeah, so I suppose the, 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 the trees that I got there before Christmas, they came from two of the of the of the, the larger, well-known nurseries, Quidge obviously, and uh, down Wicklow and Nunso Hardy down in Shillelagh and Wicklow as well. And both of them um, have a fantastic setup down there. It's it, it, it's very very it's mind blowing when you go down and see the actual trees they have and the setup they have. And you know, like we don't give smaller businesses, uh, you know, near enough uh, a tribute in this country, but like they have. Um, they grow their, all their own. Every, everything you know, what will be given out on these and on, on, on the, this, the the last project and this project are all native provenance, which means the seed was collected in Ireland. It was the, it, it was grown in Ireland, so they haven't left the, the you know the waters. We're not bringing in any yeah. any other diseases. The the trees themselves, I suppose, they are saplings. They're you know they're, they're from forty centimeters to sixty centimeters, and some from sixty to eighty. So they're very, very easily put in the ground. All you need is a spade and a, and a pair of boots, and uh, it takes about a minute and a half to plant a tree. That's all it takes. And the mm. one thing that people want to watch out for is that they're not putting them under ESB lines or telephone lines or that they're not living in a semi-detached house in a housing estate and they go to put in a Scots pine, which is yes. small now, but in, in, in 40 years' time, it's going to be 40 foot high, like, you know. And, uh, well said, Paddy. So, I'm with you on this one there. I've seen them myself, and my God, the disasters. And it's people through not lack of education only and innocence. Lack of, lack, lack of information. Yes, and Not yes. even education. Yes, just, um, yeah. you know, and, um, and look at it. As I say, we all have to stand up and, and, and be counted and we can all do a little bit, so... The trees coming forward, Jerry. Um, again, we'll be hoping to get them. I'll be hoping to get them from the same sources, which you know, like this provided me with very, very good trees up until up until now. Um, and um, you know, the bigger the bigger the, the, the nurseries they are, like that, uh, they can they can you know, the more economical on the price of them as well when you're buying larger numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So so, so um, how do you fund this? You know, what I mean? you do you, do you actually you give these trees for free to people? We give the trees for free now. In fairness to Queenshire, there on the last uh, trees, they, they sponsored um, two thousand of the trees. So right. uh, what I bought of them, they they, they equal you know that kind of way. Yes. And, um, but going forward, uh, unfortunately, the pockets aren't deep enough. Uh, my own pockets to to sponsor the the, the thirty five thousand trees every year. Uh, you know, and um, I very much would be looking for any any businesses or companies out there that are. Uh, willing to to throw a few pound to it and to say that they're you know that they they can put it up on their website uh, that they're you know they're writing off some of their carbon emissions or the planting trees to help the environment. 
um, I don't mind where the money comes from uh, uh, as long as the trees get put into the ground and yeah. and, and it makes a few people happy. So yeah. Okay, so you're open You're open to assistance. If anyone would like to put their name to Very it and help so. you with a, a few pounds, that'll go towards uh, funding these trees. And and you send them out. Do you this, do this yourself? Or do they go from Quinch well, and the, the places where they where they come from? No, well, uh, I suppose what, what we did the last time, I collected them down in Wicklow and they had, uh, I, I had 20 odd, 23 or 24 people organised around the country. Now, bear in mind, this all happened within a week. Yes. But um, so the, we, we organised drop-off points so that maybe one from, we'll say Limerick was collecting his 350 and he could have been collecting 350 for four or five other people yes. like Cork and Kerry and, and Clare okay. and then they were breaking them into bundles of 10 so there was 10 native varieties so in each bundle of, of 10 there was 10 different native trees in that bundle Yes, and we were maximising it to, to two bundles per, per person but this time on a bigger scheme on, on a bigger scheme and to make it a little bit more streamlined we'd probably go with, with five native varieties and, uh, you know, I'll obviously up the numbers that are available, you know, and that we get more farmers involved in it and um, uh, community projects and, 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 you know, football clubs or, or, or sports clubs that have a little bit of ground there that's not being used. And, you know, there is various trees and bushes that, the white thorn bushes and black thorns and gelder roses there that can be put in that, that don't grow high and, and, you know, and like they're not overshadowing or anything like that as well. Mm. I, I just see the range of trees that you supply, and and there's a there's a real cross section there. You mentioned the oak, of course, but the ash, alder, birch, the white thorn, beech, rowan, mountain that mountain ash. I love myself to be honest. And you have fruit trees there as well, if people uh, would like to put them in. Yeah, well, the fruit trees are more so for the uh, the birds. Okay, yes, we, we, we put out a lot of crab apples there as well, and and you can make it. Uh, they used to say about crab apple jelly and everything like that. I wouldn't know much about that now, but. Um, you know there is a, there there's, they're all fruit bearing trees like the mountain ash the rowan has has great berries you know the white thorn the black thorn yeah um, you know they're all they're, they're all fruiting trees as such and seeding trees and even with the alder the alder the birch the hazel they're they're putting up catkins in the in the springtime there and from now on that can feed the bees as well and mm. you know and that's a, and, and and that's a bigger 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 problem in the world is the, the poor old bees dying off yes. and uh, you know, so and the the trees are a great man to feed them. You know, and a lot of people wouldn't think about uh, bees and and trees. They think about bees and flowers. But mm. when when there's not many flowers up, the bees are very appreciative of the of the, the trees as well. They are. You know. They are for sure. I'll tell you. You mentioned the crab apple. My favourite spread on on a slice of toast in the morning: crab apple jelly with a bit of butter. I can tell you that. Well, you I yeah. absolutely <laughs> adored crab apple jelly. It's it's a, and I got it. I actually got a part of it just before the Christmas there. It's nearly gone. I love it. I love the crab apple jelly. But look, what you're doing is uh, really wonderful. I have to say. So people are listening today, and they they might like to get a, a a tree or two from you. How do they find out, or how can they get in touch with you to put their names on? on the list so at the moment uh, Jerry we're in the early days but we have a Facebook page set up there Free Trees Ireland as simple as that Okay. and if you if you go on to Facebook and, and look up Free Trees Ireland you'll see the page and like it and, and follow it and uh, you can share it to as many people as possible to get the word out and if you just send a, a message on, on, on that we'll pick it up and um, uh, we'll look after the people that way 
I really love this and I'm delighted you came on the show today and joined me because what you're doing is very important and we can all help, as you say, in our own way and there's places we can put trees that will help future generations uh, for sure, our, our children and, and their children and our wildlife and flora and fauna in, in the country as well. Free Trees Ireland, folks. Look it up there now, Facebook page, Free Trees Ireland and away you go. I wish you well with this. It's fantastic and it's taken off and I've no doubt you'll do that quarter of a million trees uh, for sure, Paddy. Thank you for joining me on the show. Thanks very much, Jerry. Thank you. Take, Take care. care of yourself. Bye-bye. 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 That's Paddy Mangan there over in Old Castle. Isn't it a great initiative? I just absolutely love that. I really, really do. Hats off to him uh, for what he's done. Look at the take-up there. Because 9,000 in a week, he went at 1,500 and then he had to go to 9,000. It just shows you that the message is, is, is getting through to people as well. Uh, I remember before Christmas, I was out with Rosie May in our lovely gardens. You know, I do a regular with Rosie, uh, a visit to her beautiful gardens. And she said something to me. She said uh, about planting trees. She says, when should I plant a tree? 20 years ago, she said. But if you haven't, do it today. You cannot wait. Get the trees in as soon as possible. Free Trees Ireland. There's an offer for you this afternoon to get you going. January. Don't be shy. Tell your story to me. A hairy moment for you. There's a grand if you do. I need to know on the late lunch show. Yes, we're looking for you to tell us about those hairy moments in your life. It's January on Late Lunch. Is there a moment in your life, a hairy moment, that you'll come on here and tell me about? I have a thousand euro to give away. A thousand euro cash to give to one of you on the Late Lunch show this first month of the year. Come on, you must have a hairy moment in your life. You'll tell me about and it could be you picking up that grand before the end of the month. Wouldn't it be nice? It really would. Look after any old bills or credit cards you have outstanding there. Anyway, to give you a flavour for what we're looking for, Mr. Dermot Higgins is a good friend of ours and I spoke to him recently on the show and by God, had Mr. Higgins a hairy moment. Let's have a listen. I was only seven days into the trip. Um, I was on my own, but there were people around as in I'd met people that day. Um, and I was sleeping on my own in a camp, a little place called, when I say a camp, it was just me um, with my tent at Selwyn Station. Um, and I was fast asleep. Uh, it was 6.30. You've had uh, 24 hours of daylight. So I went to sleep anyway and I woke up. It was, it was, it, no, I woke up when something hit me. So the bear actually had made contact with me. Um, at 6.30am and I didn't know it was a bear initially I thought there was actually people were messing and you know acting the idiot because um, I'd met some people earlier in the day and I hadn't seen a bear hadn't seen, not only had I not seen a bear I hadn't even um, seen a bear print or bear there's bear poo that you see the, the, you know signs other people has and I was kind of feeling a little bit jealous so, and then you know I, I was one, I looked out the little mesh so I'd been sleeping in the tent uh, with only the um, under part of it so I could actually look through and I looked and the bear was as close as I am to you Jerry was within two metres of me big big black mama bear with her cub um, and oh, it, it was the most it was the most <laughs> scary frightening sight you know that I it was my worst nightmare I imagined you know now, and, and the thing is that when most immediately the, the thing about black bears and grizzly bears and with, with a grizzly bear you're supposed to make yourself small and lie down 
um, yeah, brown lie down, black fight back. Um, yeah, well, it's just me. I have no weapons, you know. And normally a black bear, you know, bears in general are scared of people. Mm. And normally they even they see you or smell you, they run away. This bear didn't. This bear didn't run away at all. He just stopped and looked at me or she stopped and looked at me for a while. Now, I had a tin whistle. Um, I, I, I'd, I'd done everything right. I had no food in the tent. And I had, you know, I had, a, I had an ordinary whistle and I had a little bell. And I also had a tin whistle. And I played the tin whistle loud, loud, really, really loud. And I'm not very good at the tin whistle. And, but, and I assumed that was the bear would go. Would, and I was very scared, but I still played it. But the bear didn't appreciate my... my, my <laughs> <laughs> it made him really angry, in fact. And the bear started to circle around the tent, really menacing, around the tent. Toward, and I could see at a 360 degree, I was, you know, I was. And then there was a picnic table beside um, where I was camping, about two metres away. The bear jumped up at the picnic table and growled really menacingly and charged at me. And, you know, I, I, at that point, I thought it was all over. I took a photograph just before the bear charged. I took a photograph genuinely thinking it was the last photograph I was ever going to take. So that at least if people found me, they'd know what it was that had happened. So you're here today alive. You are real. <laughs> I can touch you. He's in the studio. What happened? I had bear spray with me. That's the last. And I, I haven't intended to take bear spray. Um, I, I never thought anything like this would happen. I, not to say I was invincible, but somebody in Whitehorse where I'd started had said, well, you know, your last line of defence, if you're not going to carry a gun, is, and people do carry guns, um, is to carry bear spray. So bear spray is kind of a pepper spray, it's like a mace kind of a thing. Um, uh, and it comes in a canister. And, I, for, and, and for the past two or three nights before that incident, the bear spray was down in the, in the, in the, on the boat which was uh, 100 metres away from, from where I was sleeping. But this night, A, I was lucky in that I could see out and I, I could spray through the mesh of the tent. Mm. And B, I had the bear spray with me. So the bear, when the bear, I could smell the bear coming towards me. I could sm- actually f- smell his breath and smell the kind of a body, it was kind of a uh, scent, scent glands, kind of a musky animal smell. Um, and just when he was the optimum distance, a metre and a half, I deployed the spray and it went big, loud noise. I wasn't prepared for the noise. Big, loud noise. Big, big jet, jet of orange. S- kind of like smoke. Um, and what, what I, all I remember is that it coming back at me because the, 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 um, when it hit the mesh of the tent, a lot of it came, a lot, more than half I'd say came back at me. But a lot of it went through the bear, obviously, as well because I, I, I kind of shook around a little bit and I could see the bear kind of shaking his head and the bear or her head and stopped. And then I can't remember anything because I, I felt unconscious then. But it worked. <laughs> the bear scarpered and you lived to tell the story. <gasps> yes, he did live to tell the story. That's Mr. Uh, Dermot Higgins there telling me about his hairy moment as he uh, trekked down the Yukon with a bear. Oh, my word. So, you see, we're looking for your hairy moments. We want you to tell us about a hairy moment in your life. And you could pick up that €1,000 in cash here on Late Lunch before the end of the month. So if you have a hairy moment, all you have to do is get in touch with us. 086-1800-658. Have your hairy moment story. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Just pop us on a wee message there or a, a WhatsApp voice or if you want as well. And we'll get back in touch with you. Come on the show here. Tell me your story. And I could be counting out those, Brian, those crispy... 50 euro notes uh, to somebody listening to us today in the show. Now, Brian, as I have you here with me today, mm-hmm. you've been listening and you know what this is all about. Jan, you hairy on late lunch. 
Have you a hairy moment you can tell our listeners about that you're with me today? Come on, Brian. You're, 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 must not, you're not going to believe it. I've just had a hairy moment there two seconds ago. What? Yeah, because this started, right? <laughs> right? Will you hear this? Will you hear this for a single? Hang on. January. <laughs> Don't be shy. Tell your story to me. <laughs> that's not that's not you singing. That's not you. That is me singing. I tell you what, I'm not going Do you ever think you're going on the X Factor? No. God, don't. <laughs> no. Don't, don't bother. No, no. Actually, don't bother. <laughs> I'm actually blushing here. I really am. I'm the colour of me jumper. Anyway, hairy story. Have you, have you, can you think of anything? I'm not putting you on the spot. I, I do have one. Okay. I do have one. Go on. Uh, I do have a few, but obviously, All ones, right. ones that can't be mentioned. Yeah, yeah, go on. Uh, when, when LMF moved up to the new studios here, Mm. Oh, hang on, I can actually play this kind of like soft music. Hang on, you know, just okay. you know, see okay. when you when you've all this stuff in front of you, you can do all this. <laughs> anyway, anyway, when LMF had moved up the new studio, I was here to help it be moved up, and um, I was late coming home, and I took a lend of my mother's car, oh. and she just bought a lovely brand new black BMW. <gasps> Lovely, beautiful. Oh, was lovely. oh bride, beautiful. Oh, I was, and she loved it. She really, really loved it. But I took it and. It was late when we got out of here because uh, the obviously we had to move all the equipment and all that stuff. Yes. And I was coming home by Cullen and I took the turn and as I took the turn out of nowhere all that came out was <laughs> sound effects of what? A cow. Oh no. I hit a cow and I knock in you. I knock in you and the best way to describe what happened was there was a lot of expletives. I was kind of like this to the cow. You ready? <laughs> that to the cow. And, uh, but I'm not kidding you. I, myself. Did you? I did. I did. It because? Was, it, because I got out and I thumped the cow. Oh, no. <laughs> I thumped the cow. No, no, the cow. The cow was fine. The cow was okay. The cow was fine. Yeah. yeah. The car? Wasn't so fine. Oh, Betty. Oh, yeah. no. It wasn't. It wasn't. Now, there was a bit of damage. There was a window had to be replaced and the bar at the door had to be replaced and one of the wings had to be replaced. And, you know, and, and I had to bring it home and it was late. Oh, and, Brian. And, Brian. And I think I, I was more hairy when I got home. <laughs> <laughs> and you had to face your mother. I had to face my mother oh. and I had to explain that I hit a cow. And I was like, how did you hit a cow? And I said, I don't know how I hit a cow. I hit a cow. The cow was in the middle of the road. That's when I hit the cow. And yeah, I, 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 I'm knocking you. My, I was. I, <laughs> Brian, I don't mean to laugh. Sorry, Betty. No, I don't mean to laugh. It was at the. T- I can only imagine because what were you driving at the time? What was your own I was, car? Uh, originally uh, driving a Citroen Saxo. So good job you weren't in that. Yeah, yeah. No, it would have the been the Saxo and the cow. There's only one winner. Yeah, the, the cow, cow. The cow. It's as simple as that. The cow. Only one winner. The BMW uh, and the cow. Unfortunately, the mechanic was the only yes, winner of that one. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my hairy moment for our Brian. Brian Farley. There's a footnote though as well. Did you do more damage? No. I have to bring it up. Yeah. Sorry. So, we got the car fixed. Yeah. And um, look, I, I love the BMW. <laughs> I love the BMW. <laughs> and of course, I was driving it one day. And remember, uh, the gas man used to come around with the milkman and all this. And yes. you put the cylinder gas outside the front of the house. Yeah. And uh, the gas cylinder was put outside the front of the house. And I reversed into oh, the Brian. gas cylinder. So, not only did I damage the front after I got Brian. fixed, but I 
damaged the back of, of the car and uh, I was never allowed to drive that's my it. mother's car End of story and I don't blame her either You see folks that's what we're looking for Have you a hairy moment in your life? We want to hear them 086-1800-658 WhatsApp or text us now You can just text our WhatsApp the word hairy Leave us a voice or wherever and we'll get back to you Have a chat Come on tell me your story and you're in the mix for a thousand euro cash on your late lunch Up next on the show it is January New beginnings for so many we start a new series with Laura Amada and today Laura's talking about movement being medicine. I'm delighted to welcome my next guest back to Late Lunch. She's starting a series of four features with us today which will happen each Thursday on Late Lunch. Laura Amada, you're looking so well. Thank you for joining us. Hi Jerry. how are you? Happy New Year. And many happy returns to you as well. I have to say, you always look so well and so healthy. So we're hoping that you'll pass <laughs> on the secrets of how you are and how you feel to our listeners over the next four weeks or so. Because this is all about healthy living. And we're beginning today. And I love this when you sent it to me because you want to say about today what we're talking about. Movement is medicine. Now, I would never put the two together. Would you, you know, not? In, in that phrase. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it is. Movement is medicine. I mean, like, it's one of the most amazing underused uh, medicines that we have is exercise. And by exercise, I don't mean you have to join the gym, you have to pay a membership to somewhere. Walking alone, you know what I mean? It's so underused and the benefits are endless, absolutely endless. And me, as, a, as, a, as I've, been, I've been a fitness instructor for 27 years, yes. so practically my dinosaur in terms of fitness. But when you train first as a fitness instructor, never once do they teach you about the mental health benefits of fitness. You learn how to exercise the, ex- the, the movements correctly. But I've actually, we've been talking to a lot of my clients this week and asking people, what, why is the reason, what do you get the most from exercise? And funny enough, the number one thing is headspace. Okay, so it is medicine, both for the body and the mind. You know, I have, and I'm just being personal yeah. here to, and tell you and listeners this, I have not been exercising as much as I mm. used to in recent months. Okay. And I've been quite a bit under the weather with yeah. this bloody chest and the one that everybody, The pain. chest infection that oh, the whole country has. Laura, <laughs> this, this is about my fourth time. I know. And it's not COVID. Like, no. it is not COVID, whatever the hell mm-hmm. it is. But would you say to me that maybe I'm... That, you know, could that be a contributing factor that I'm, I, I, I've, you know, not been walking? Well, it, walking is amazing. I, I you believe it's one of the best forms of exercise ever. I mean, for many reasons, but one of them is you're getting yourself outside. I mean, the fresher, yeah. such underestimated how good it is for you. Uh, daylight, I was going to say sunlight, there's still more sunlight in <laughs> Ireland, but still daylight, getting in there, even just 10 minutes exposure to daylight can have such a good impact. I mean, you're absorbing vitamin D and vitamin is very important to be able to absorb calcium. So it's great for your bones, great for your immune system. So it's very, very important to get fresher. This is why I would always go running on the road as opposed to going on the treadmill. And I do have a treadmill at home, but would hardly use it. I try to make sure that I get my exposure outside. So walking, I think there was a, there was a some sort of study done on walking and they're saying even just like 30 day, 30 minutes of walking every day can have an amazing, amazing effect on your brain chemistry mm. and the architecture, the way your brain uh, links with your immune system. So I would say, yeah, 100% get out there walking every single day. Well, I can I can verify that in that I would always say that when I was out walking or that, uh, it was a very uh, idea gener- idea generating 
time. Yeah. You know what I mean? That 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 things came to my mind when mm-hmm. when I was there. I have to get back to that. I'm going to make a commitment that I do get back to that immediately. You mentioned there, like it is the start of January. People are joining yeah. gyms and going back to the gyms by the new time, which is brilliant. Yes. It's absolutely. It's about finding what works for you and what may okay. work for me may not work for you. Okay, you may enjoy CrossFit. Go for it. Amazing community. You may enjoy dance classes. It could be a walking group. It could be running the running club. We have amazing running clubs here in Drogheda. Uh, so whatever and if you go for something and it doesn't work for you try something else okay find your niche find what makes you happy mm. okay and once you find that then get yourself buddies you know what I mean like I for example me I absolutely hate running okay I know how good it is for me I don't like it so I have a running body and we go running three times a week and we spend most of the of the run complaining about how much we don't like running <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we're getting out there we're getting exposure to daylight we're getting out in the fresh air and we're doing some cardiovascular workout okay Children exercise yeah. in general. You know, when they're small and they're going mm. to school and they're growing up, there is exercise. They're out in the yards, when, please yeah. God, when the weather is good or they have the gym halls or ever like that. And then we move on through life and we live our teen years and say we settle down in our 20s or whatever and exercise is still a part of it. And then children perhaps arrive and work takes over and, you know, that exercise drifts. So what about somebody like that who may have been active or you know, growing up to a point in their life and now they don't do much. What about coming back to exercise? You have to make it a priority. I mean, nobody's going to make the time for you. You have to make the time for yourself. There's always going to be something that needs to be done. The house clean, cooking dinner. But if you do not prioritise your exercise, nobody's going to do that for you. Okay. Okay? It's even the 30 minutes a day, even if it's only three, four times a week. But that that is your time. I find, I mean, I, I teach hot yoga. And what I find is most people come to the class, not for the physical benefits for it, because they all say it's the hour of the week in which the head is not worth thinking about something else. I mean, they're not thinking about what's going at home, what they have to do at work tomorrow, what meals they have to cook. They are present. And being present, which sounds so simple, yet it is so difficult. Most people are constantly thinking about the future or the past. Very few people are present. And being present is wonderful. Amazing for your headspace, but it's really, really good. When you exercise, a lot of time people find that they have to be focused on their breathing and that makes them, forces them to be present. So I have to make time. Okay, you you've got to make, make time. time yeah. wh- whatever Find that it from is. somewhere. Say you have been off the exercise regime yeah. for a time and coming back to mm-hmm. it. Not a good idea to burst straight in and try and <laughs> try and do a marathon when you just come back. Nah, no, 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 don't kill yourself. No, no, no. no that's no. the point. I want don't to get do to something you. that then you're going to be so sore for so long that you're going to put you off for life. Okay. Small, start small amounts, okay? Pace yourself, pace yourself. Allow yourself, you join a class, you join the gym. Make sure that you don't go all in, you know? Take your breaks and build up your resistance, build up your tolerance. You mentioned the outdoors and it's free, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, you know. I mean, and I know the economy is tight, so you don't yes. have to pay money to anybody. Of course. Outside, outside is wonderful. And we are in a time of the year when the light is coming back and will come back yeah. slowly, but still basically it's yeah. mostly darkness mm-hmm. and, and the weather is what it is. Shouldn't put you off. Get lunch out break. there. Get out in your lunch break. Get up 20 minutes earlier instead of like catching the bus here. I mean, walk a bit for the distance to the bus. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be a particular time. It just makes sure that you're active. I would say to my clients, I have a lot of clients who have very sedentary lifestyles because of work. I would say, get yourself a smartwatch, okay? An 
every day hit the 10,000 steps. So if you're seven o'clock in the morning, only you have 7,000, go up and down the stairs a few times, hover the house, do something. If you, sometimes the weather is not great in this country and a lot of people don't yes. like to go, go out there and get wet. I'm one of them. Um, <laughs> but uh, just get moving. Just get moving. Get that heart pumping. And it's vital. I mean, it's vital. So that movement you talk about mm. isn't necessarily gym based, isn't necessarily no. out jogging or running within your home. As you say there, hoovering, tasks to be done. The garden. I'm a gardener myself. There you go. Out and movement. It is about moving the moving, body. Moving the body, moving the body, being present, engaging your mind with what you're doing at that particular time, you know, and it's never too late. I mean, I have I have a home with my dad. My dad is 76 and he joined the gym for the first time two months ago. Now, my mother hasn't seen him in two months because <laughs> he lives there six days a week, you know. Man, is on a high from it. And my mother, uh, who has health issues there, she does yoga every day. She power walks 10 miles every day. So you have to prioritise. And the funny thing, the two of them are retired now. But if you ask them, what did you do with the day? They say, we look after our health. So that's a full-time job is looking after their health through nutrition and exercise. Isn't it fantastic that they have the time to do that? Oh, now it's brilliant well, at the age that they, that they can, are. That they can exactly. focus on. Exactly. So this this is, the, we're talking about movement for all ages there. All and, ages. And I want to talk to you, let's come back. You're talking about, you know, people as we go on in age, it's important to have movement in our mm-hmm. lives. Obesity. Mm-hmm. Don't have to remind you yeah, the stats in this country massive, as well. Yeah. With younger people, even though I mentioned, you know, in school, going out to the yard and that as well. What about what about youngsters who, you know, the problem is and Ireland's an amazing, amazing country. There's so much push into exercise. I mean, you have Gaelic, you have Camogie, you have like soccer, loads of sports, basketball. Yet we're not getting anywhere near what we have with our nutrition. Our nutrition is appalling. It's awful. OK, but that is, that is down to and this is just and a lot of people may disagree with me. This is down to uh, food politics and government and pumping money into the wrong items of food. OK, I mean, being sick is a business is the biggest business in the world and it becomes a very profitable business having a sick nation. OK, so I do believe if anybody from the government is listening, OK, that they should really start making fruit and veg- vegetables cheaper. I mean, promote Irish beef, promote like everything that is local, real butter. Get rid of all the all the plastics out there, spreadables. Get rid of anything that is processed. If you get rid of all processed food and your food is fresh and raw, the rates of obesity and sickness will literally be cut in half, if not more. And we are going to come on and deal with this in a future mm-hmm. uh, feature here during this month with you because we're going to focus in on these different aspects of health. But back to movement for today and, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, getting up and becoming active. Um, again, I come back to the point that, you know, somebody, people listening to us today who've done nothing in a long time. What do you say to them just to get going? Put on your coat and go out for a walk. That's Start it. small. Do find, 10, 15 minutes. Exactly. Find a good podcast. Okay. If you don't have a body yet, get yourself a pair of headphones. Yeah. Find a good motivating podcast, whatever it is that you're into. Yeah. And you won't feel the half an hour go by. The half an hour become an hour. Okay. And that's what you do. You find something that motivates you. Remember, it takes 21 days to develop a habit. Okay. And after the 21 days, it won't feel like a chore anymore. Mm. It will come naturally. And the moment you stop doing it, you'll feel like, oh, God, I'm not feeling as good as I could. Remember, you get a kick from exercise. You get a kick from endorphins. I mean, you're releasing them, which is the same hormone that you get from when you go window shopping or you get eat chocolate. I mean, you get on a high and you feel amazing. Absolutely amazing. And once you felt amazing, you do not want to go back to not feeling amazing. 
working up a sweat, getting the heart rate oh, going up. Is sweating th- is just one of the best things in the world. Think about it. Your skin is the largest organ in the human body. And one of the main things it does, it helps detoxify. So if you can think all of the all the overdoing we're doing over Christmas, eating too much, drinking too much, your body, it needs a helping hand to get rid of all that excess. You know what I mean? So sweating is a particular amazing way to help the body speed up that detoxifying process. You know, and you can sweat by exercising. You can sweat by doing saunas, uh, infrared heating. But that's not the cheapest way. Just go for a good, powerful walk and break into a sweat. And it's good to raise the heart rate oh, up that little bit amazing. and, and you mm-hmm. know, make sure that that's right and come home and have a nice shower then. Exactly. And exactly. You, you, feel, you feel the better for it. What about if you are, say, restricted in your movements, you know, um, perhaps as you get on in, later in life and that, you know, you hear people of doing these exercises in chairs, you know what I mean? Moving their limbs, things like that. You do whatever you have to do. You're adapted to make it work for you. Okay? Everybody's dealing with injuries. Everybody's dealing with issues. I mean, you adapt it. Just don't look for excuses. You always focus on the solutions, never the problems. (laughs) It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Um, Informal class, as you said, you're teaching yourself, what, 27 Mm -hmm. years at this stage. And... There's a huge benefit in that too. That must be said as well. You know, going to a class, meeting people, having that regular... It's what works, as I said, not for everybody. Some people love being on their own in the gym and that works. A lot of people find that they need, I find my clients, they need somebody to be telling them what to do, you know, because they need to be accountable for. And that's fine, you know, it's about finding the activity that works for you. But I find for my clients, they like to know that I am watching them, I'm calling them out if they're cheating, and that that motivates them, that motivates them. You should try sometime, Jerry. Our Louise is not with us today, but she's a big fan of your hot yoga. I know that as well. And she's mentioned this this to me in the past. But but yoga, hot yoga, just explain that for a moment while you're okay, here. So because it is a movement. It is a movement, yeah. yeah. Hot yoga is a very uh, particular form of yoga. It's performing a heated room, a specific, specific room. Uh, it's heated to 42 degrees. And there is a level of humidity of about 70%. So it's very similar to what you feel between a sauna and a steam room. Okay. Okay. And you're performing a quite physical yoga class. So it's not a relaxing form of yoga. Okay. Quite physical one. And it's very good. I mean, it's, you get uh, the same sort of heat that you get from the sun. So it's called infrared heating. That doesn't uh, warm up the air. It's not like central heating or force heating. Yes. It warms up the human bodies. So your joints and your limbs, they feel very, very nice, very relaxed within five, ten minutes and you're able to develop your flexibility further. Okay. Mm-hmm. so And, and, and me it, being Spanish, I love the heat, so it's just like <laughs> I found my little niche there. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. But something you mentioned today that I want to focus on before we finish, even though it is this time of the year, light is short, get out, try and get the daylight, do whatever exercise you can, build it up and it will make a huge change. This movement will act as a medicine. It is. It's movement. Get sunshine. Okay. Like people have made the sun to be an enemy. The sun is really, really good for you. So movement, fresh air, sunshine. Get meditation. Meditation doesn't have to be sitting doing mm, yoga. Gardening could be meditation. Reading a book could be meditation. Dancing. Totally underestimated. Dance at home. Put on the music and move around. Okay, I do that in my house. Switch on the radio and start jumping around the place. Some people may think I'm mental, but it really is endorphins. Uh, hydration, massive, massive thing. Uh, creativity. Do something that engages your brain, that it brings you some sort of joy into your life, and find your community. Find the people that have the same way of, way of thinking as you and enjoy life, which is an amazing thing to have.
The message today from Laura Armada is movement is medicine. And just to come back to you and uh, what you do and that, just to remind our listeners uh, how they can get in touch with you regarding the hot yoga. And of course, you brought me some of your uh, lovely, one of your lovely juices from the Juice Works yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, yeah, uh, so literally, I run uh, classes and lab fitness and then I run, I'm a qualified juice therapist. So I run another company called the Juice Works and we make raw cold-pressed juices. I'll enjoy. I love the colour. I really do. The carrot, orange and ginger. I will lap that up, I promise you. <laughs> Next week, you're back at the same time on Thursday yeah. with us and we'll be doing a different uh, aspect of uh, healthy living, good living. For the moment, though, Laura Mada, thank you so much for joining me thank today. Thank you. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. Yes, my Artist of the Week. First Artist of the Week in 2024 is Mr. Ian Jury of Blockheads fame. And, you know, I was telling you yesterday about the success they had and the halcyon days really were the late 70s into the early 80s. But it wouldn't last because the Blockheads disbanded in 1982. But they were a funny crowd really because they reformed in 87 for a tour of Japan. They did that tour. And that was it for another while. Uh, But they came together periodically through the early 1990s. And in 1996, Ian Jury himself, my Artist of the Week, was diagnosed with cancer, which at that stage he recovered fully from. And when he recovered, they came together and recorded their final album in 1997 called Mr. Love Pants. Uh, They toured extensively on the back of that album in the late 90s and into the early noughties as well, with Ian performing with the Blockheads for the final time on the 6th of February 2000, the millennium year. That concert took place at a packed London Palladium. Sadly, it was his last time with them because shortly afterwards in March... 2000, Ian uh, Jury died and he died ultimately from cancer, recurred and it killed him in the end. The Blockheads themselves, they continue to perform uh, right up to the present day. And my song today, I mentioned it yesterday. You can put the earplugs in there if you want it. But look, at the time it was banned by the BBC, but I was looking at this morning performing it on top of the pops. Yes, it's Mr Ian Jury, my artist of the week. And his rendition of Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. Mr. Ian Jury, my artist of the week, and his rendition of a song that was banned by the BBC all those years ago. My God, when you listen to it now, wasn't it harmless indeed in the context of the world we live in today? Anyway, I'll round off Ian's story tomorrow on Late Lunch with probably his best known song. I was right. I knew it. Nobody out there keeping pet mice. We didn't get a peep or a scurry or a squeak from anybody. Nobody's keeping pet mice, I'd say, anymore. Doesn't surprise me. Was a big thing in the past, but today... It seems to be uh, something that's consigned to the annals of history. Well, consigned to the annals of the future, it looks like, is a League of Ireland soccer club in County Meath. Bernard O'Byrne is joining me next. 
He first mooted uh, the prospect of a League of Ireland club in County Meath back in 2022. He's the former chief executive of the FAI, current chairman of Atboy Celtic, and he's been with me on a number of occasions on late lunch. Good afternoon, Bernard O'Byrne. Hello, Jerry Kelly. Happy New Year. Many happy returns uh, to you too, Bernard. Well, it's in the news in the last 24 hours or so. Have things moved on since 2022? Uh, is the prospect of a club in County Mead becoming nearer a reality? Yes, uh, I think it's fair to say that it is. Uh, I suppose I was flying a kite uh, 18 months ago when we opened our new dressing rooms in Atboy when I mentioned you know, the possibility of a League of Ireland. Uh, club, but since then there has been a, a great follow-up from the Mead Football Fraternity. Plenty of conversations and plenty of real work going on. So we are um, quite near now. I, I I have a date in my mind, probably in the first week in February, you know, to making a fuller announcement of all the details and what our plan is. And uh, it's exciting times for for those of us involved, and we certainly think we can bring it to fruition. You are in at Boy, of course, and uh, as chairman of the club there at Boy, possibly a, a, a venue or a home for for the uh, the new Meath club. But realistically, Navin is the is the hub of the county, the biggest population area. Would it make more sense that the club be uh, set up in the vicinity of Navin, Bernard? Yeah, absolutely. We we have you know we changed tack, if you like, and you know. This is why you, you need to float it out, have plenty of conversations, get feedback and whatever. Um, I, I said that boy because why wouldn't I say that boy when I was chairman of that yes. boy? But I, I think your point is absolutely right. All the, all the infrastructure is around Navin um, and possible sites uh, is around Navin. So uh, it, it makes sense that that's where it should be located. So I think definitely that's where we're looking, yeah. The Meaden District Soccer League, one of the strongest junior leagues in the country. And of course, there's representation from Mead in the Leinster Leagues and at that higher level as well. But Mead is a stronghold for GAA. It is the bedrock of sport in the county. Um, do you believe there's enough uh, in terms of support in you know people through the gates, uh, financial support, etc., to set up a club? Because you know what it takes to establish a League of Ireland club. I do, yeah, and I, I've seen them come and go over the years, and I've seen plans um, which I kind of knew wouldn't uh, wouldn't really work out for uh, for other leagues around the country so i'm really confident that what we're talking about will um mead is the second uh, quickest growing population of uh counties in ireland outside dublin kildare is number one mead is number two so in terms of population there there's no worries whatsoever in terms of quality of coaches um i'm really very very positive about all of that and there's a huge football population in mead um and i think it really needs this vehicle um, to, to bring it all to the fore, if you like. And I would make the point, Jerry, that this new club that we're looking to set up is not to go into competition with existing clubs uh, in the Meaden District League, as you mentioned yourself, which is now the NEFL. Um, it, it is, we hope it will be an umbrella uh, situation where we will have an academy structure which will encourage the best players in all the current Mead clubs, 
you know, to go through this academy and to represent Mead at League of Ireland standard. And, of course, that will start at under 14, under 16, under 18, and then a full, fully-fledged League of Ireland side. So it's really exciting times. In, in, in terms of getting going, you mentioned February, there'll be more news on this in next month. But is this, a, I think you might have mentioned, did you, a five to ten year programme there? Is, is it like that, you know, in terms of it becoming a reality? Because when you look at the League of Ireland at the moment, you have two divisions of ten, the Premier League and the First Division. There is talk of a third tier, as you know, being established as well. Where, where would you see this new Meath club taking its place? Would it be in that new thir- third tier? Yeah, I think obviously you wouldn't go in any higher than the, than the third tier. So we have had meetings with the FEI and it was a very good, positive meeting. They have given us, you know, what the criteria are going to be. We have we have no doubts but that we would meet those criteria and, and excel them. Uh, I think the first steps will be that we'll establish under 14, 16 and 18 teams. And that may be done in 2025. That, that's what we're actually aiming for. So that we would have representative teams for the club uh, playing at national league, uh, national league level yeah. for those, and then the League of Ireland side, uh, as we are just talking about, you know, in Division Three or whatever, if we could get into that, it, it may be as close as three years away, three to five years rather than five to ten. Um, uh, we, we think that is feasible. That is possible. Um, in, in terms of, of a home, you, you have the MDL grounds, of course, there uh, just outside Navin. Is that in the equation or are you talking about a greenfield site here? We're talking a greenfield site and uh, I think we have an exciting proposal to make and that is why we're saying that we, we want to, to get things nailed down to a certain extent or as much as possible before we make the announcement. We don't want it to be... Um, what would you say, pie in the sky. You know, we, we want to announce in detail what we're thinking of, both for the club's point of view and for a venue. But it would be a, a greenfield site somewhere around Navan is what we are thinking of. And is the, uh, just before we finish, uh, we, you mentioned boots on the ground, the clubs, of course, and the strength of, of soccer in the county uh, from a playing and coaching perspective. What about financial support, business support, that type of support, Bernard, that's crucial? Yeah. Well, I think we will be presenting a very unique package. Uh, we're already talking to possible investors, but the package that we will present will be quite unique and I think will be exciting for people who want to get involved. Um, we, we hope to attract uh, investors. We can't say it any more strongly than that, but certainly the initial feedback back that we're getting is very positive and of course we'll be we'll be asking our local politicians and whatever to to help us with government funding um but we reckon we can put the package together bernard you're very good thank you so much for joining me on the show today look forward to this uh, developing over the months and years ahead and i'm sure we'll be talking more at that stage thanks indeed no problem, Jerry. Thank you very much. Take care of yourself. Bye. That's Bernard Byrne there, chairman of Atboy Celtic and one of the driving forces behind uh, the establishment of a League of Ireland football club in County Mead. That's a lot on late lunch this afternoon. Eddie Caffrey's on his way with the drive. We're back.
with our 15th birthday late lunch tomorrow afternoon. We're on the air 15 years tomorrow, the 5th of January, and uh, we're rolling back the clock, among other things. Uh, your usual is coming up on Friday on the show. But we leave you today in the company of Miss Selena Gomez. And I think this is a good message after a chat with Miss Laura Marder today. Movement, but calm down too. It's a big help. Live in the present. See you tomorrow.